Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Happy Friday, January 21st. <laughs> Big day today. Big day today. Why? Multiple reasons. Well, we got Barry <laughs> McGuire on. Barry McGuire is going to be talking about uh, or continuing the, the conversation on real estate closings. Yeah. Uh, we've also got our cabin retreat starting tonight. Tonight. Whoop, whoop. So. And we also have like amazing weather ahead of us. Do we? Yeah. Well, today's um, actually right now is the warmest it's going to be today. It's going to get a little bit colder, but this weekend is like five and six degrees. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. At least we'll Very awesome. We'll be able to open up the doors at the cabin, get some airflow. Maybe have a fire. Maybe. Five, six degrees is good fire weather. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to have (laughs) a little uh, fire out of the pit. Um. Yeah. And that weather, of course, is for Edmonton area. You know, for those of you yes. that are listening yeah. to recorded versions, wondering where the heck are these guys? No, we're in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Uh, streaming live every morning, Monday to Friday at 6 a.m. Lena, welcome. Good morning, everyone. First time I'm listening live. That's awesome. That's Congrats. awesome. Congrats. <laughs> it's a tough one getting up this early. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we've we got some listeners that are getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning and, and or they're 6 o'clock. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Corey five, said, "Good morning." Five. Hashtag five AM club. <laughs> five AM club. Yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, it, it, it's a real pain in the butt, but if you can do this, I'm pretty sure you can do just about anything else that you need to do for, you know, acquiring properties. Right? <laughs> if you can get up at six AM. Uh, well, that's you guys. Six AM isn't that early. Let's get real. You, you five AM think... is impressive. Six AM, it's like, come on, everyone, let's get up. <laughs> I suppose. I yeah. suppose you say that from a position where you've been getting up at this time for the last three months now. Yeah. But it's also I used to get up at like four thirty five. Mm, a lot. True. Yeah. Well, Patrick Belanger has got us all beat. Yeah, he does. He's a beast. 4.30 a.m. every 4:30 morning. 4.30 a.m. club. Um, I couldn't maintain it. <laughs> That's hard, man. Well, Barry's got limited time with us, so I'm going to go through upcoming events real fast and then we'll, uh, we'll get right into it. If you guys got questions for Barry McGuire, um, about real estate closings, um, get them ready. You know, you can type them in the chat here on the live platform, or you can click the call in button and talk to them directly. Um, again, great opportunity to, to take if you're going to get up this early. Um, get your questions answered, you know, live and in person with Barry McGuire. Um, otherwise, he's going to charge you like four or five. How much do lawyers charge per hour? I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna Four or five hundred bucks. I, I don't. I, <laughs> I don't, don't know how much he charges. Yeah. We just get the bill and we pay it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's worth every penny. Uh, upcoming events: we've got the uh, real estate investing cabinet retreat today, this weekend, yeah. and uh, and also February 25th through 27th. Uh, it's a three day cabinet retreat um, in Alberta Beach. Uh, enough spots for five people, five ambitious investors. You get to spend the whole weekend with uh, Gabby and I. Um, if you're, if you've been like, uh, thinking about it and you're curious about it, um, watch, uh, follow me on Instagram (laughs) and watch my stories because I basically document the whole weekend on my stories all weekend. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you can see what's going on. And um, I mean, from picture point of view, but yeah. It's a pretty amazing, pretty amazing. Maybe give you a little bit of FOMO if you didn't sign up, missed out. If you're ready to take that, uh, that real estate investing business to the next level, that's, that's, that's what you need to do. Um, Otherwise, here's what I tell everybody. If you're on the fence, just keep joining in live every day, every morning. Yeah. This is free coaching, right? This is literal, literal free coaching. If you can get your butt out of bed at five o'clock, six o'clock, or in, in Lena's uh, example, 9 a.m. in New Brunswick. I just got to follow. Uh, if you can, if you can manage to do that, then, you know, you have full access to us and you can ask your questions every day and get all your questions answered. If for, for whatever reason, at any point, you know, you have all the information, but you just still can't seem to figure out why you're not putting it all together correctly, then come to cabinetry. Okay. Anyways. Um, and then obviously we rescheduled our, our Edmonton open house meetup, our, our <laughs> pirate meetup. <laughs> Our flip open house <laughs> uh, to uh, next next weekend. That's uh, Sunday, January thirtieth. Yeah. Um, so for those of you that already signed up, that's uh, that's when that's happening. Um, let's bring when... let's bring Barry in. Okay, we're gonna bring Barry in, but don't let me forget. We to talk get limited about... time with him. Okay. Okay. <laughs> don't let we... you forget to talk about what we have other news as well. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is he, is he coming in? Or, I let Barry know, just... so I, I believe Barry has to click the button one more time. Okay. Um, you'll figure it out. Okay. Okay. He always does. Is this his third time joining us? I believe it is Barry's third time. Um, Good morning, Barry. Good morning. Let me just grab my microphone, which is on my chest in my chair. Make all this noise. Good morning, you guys. Good morning. How How are are you? Great. I'm I'm a five fifteen guy. I just for the for the five o'clock club. Five fifteen. I've been doing that for my whole working life. It's how I get up and I sort all the things you need to have some quiet, quiet time to think about before the before a busy day starts. So uh, I'm all over getting up early and getting going. That's uh, that's how I do, do it. You, do you do that on the weekends too? Uh, 530. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, nice sleep then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, but it's more relaxed on the weekend. I get in and I maybe take a look at a newspaper and think yeah. about things and but, you know, before we get started, I just want to say uh, the cabin retreat. So Donna and I, my wife Donna and I, were out at your last one. And, uh, you know, what a great venue. I can see why people like mm-hmm. to be out there at the uh, at Alberta Beach at that lovely yeah. cabin. Uh, great to, to meet up with people who are there because they really want to be there. They want to learn. They're interested and and Don and I get to talk about some of the creative real estate things that we do, and then even better, talking to people after the cabin retreat is done because some of those folks were my clients mm-hmm. beforehand, and so I get to talk to them. So how was the cabin retreat? Well, you know, you can't you can't turn them off. You ask that question, <laughs> yeah. it's it's a fire hose of how wonderful it was and how useful it was and how it's moving their you know, their real estate business forward. So, uh, oh, you know, nice I haven't been to a whole one, but 
anecdotally, folks, it's it's a really great thing to do. So just wanted to say that. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Barry. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> and then and then it's up to you. You you take it from here. I've got a billion things to say. So you guys lead and I will dig in where I need to. That's great. I um, I went back on my notes to kind of see where we were at. Um, I believe there was one question that was asked and then you're like, wait a second. We'll we have need to way more later. time. <laughs> and so I still had a few questions left on my list. But, you know, maybe perhaps what we'll do is we'll start off. Um, Corey Graham has a question right now uh, live. And then what we'll do is maybe get into that title insurance question again um, and kind of see where we go from there. That's okay, something. that's great. Okay, so Corey's question, he says, I have a question for Barry, one of many. Uh, Are you able to put a lien on a property you own if there is a mortgage on it? Like using a property as collateral for a private loan if it already has a mortgage on it? Trying to figure Uh, out ways to legitimize my capital raising. Okay. Uh, So that depends. The answer to that question depends on what it says in your existing first mortgage. So Corey, I think, has an existing first mortgage and he's wondering if he can put some other financial encumbrance mm-hmm. on, a lien, a promissory note, another mortgage, but something else besides his existing first mortgage. So some first mortgages say um, when you sign the commitment letter, like when you're just getting ready to get that first mortgage way back when, it says in the commitment, the mortgage commitment letter that Sorry, you can't put any other financing on. And then it also says that in the mortgage that you sign. So the answer to that legally depends on what's in that first mortgage. So Corey could dig out his commitment letter and the copy of his mortgage and read it and see whether or not it prohibits secondary financing. Okay. Your answer. Yeah. Is it yeah. Um, is it common for most um, of the main lenders to have that? It's fairly common, but it's not yeah. universal amongst lenders. Okay. Uh, it's not universal amongst lenders, and so as much as I, I hate saying this kind of stuff, but it's it's useful to say. As much as the mortgage might prohibit putting on a second. If there's lots of equity in the property, then I think you could, at the minimum, go to the lender and say, listen, you guys, you are extremely well secured here. It was a it was a 20% down, 80% mortgage at the beginning. I've paid it, I've paid it down so that my equity is now 40%, not 20%. And so I need some of my I need to get some of my money out of the property and I need you to cooperate. I think most lenders would go, okay, fine. We'll let you put on a second that brings the loan to value up to, up to 80%. 80. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So discuss it with the lender because in, in my mind, there's, there's no real reason why the lender should prohibit. They're in first place. If you put a, if you put a second mortgage on and the, and the property is in trouble, as long as the lender's first lender's position is protected, then uh, you should be able to make a case for putting something against the property and borrowing more money. Okay, enough of that. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing the question from Friday, um, but it was something along the lines of, is title insurance enough to help you sleep at night? I believe we're um, talking about RPRs at that particular time. Yeah. Well, are you ready? 
Let's mm-hmm. do I this. Can answer, I can answer this question so easily. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> on what? All right. yeah, on what? All right. So, so here's how it goes. The standard real estate purchase contract here in Alberta, and by the way, not, I don't think in any other province in Canada, says that the seller will provide the buyer with a current real property report and written evidence of municipal compliance. Those are the words from clause 10.2. So that's what the standard contract says. Often sellers don't have a current RPR and by current, it means the RPR they got when they bought uh, doesn't show the deck that they built or the garage that they built or the hot tub or the something. They've added something to the RPR or they didn't get one. And so they can't provide their buyer with what the contract says, which is a current RPR, not a new one. I mean, it can be an RPR from 2015 as long as the property it shows the property exactly the way it is today in 2022. Yeah. So current doesn't mean new. Yeah. All right. So, um, so in, in our example, the seller has added a deck, so he can't provide a current RPR. And so the realtors talk to each other and the seller's realtor says, will you accept the RPR from 2015, which doesn't show the deck plus title insurance. Um, And so those discussions happen or the seller says, I don't have an RPR. I'm not spending 800 bucks to get one. And so if you want to buy my property, you have to accept title insurance. Mm -hmm. So those are the kinds of scenarios that, that often come up. Mm-hmm. And so there's the buyer going, wow, I mean, if I accept title insurance, can I sleep at night? Right. So that's kind of the background. The thing I think that people have to understand is, number one, the contract says the seller will supply. So in a seller's market, like it kind of is now, you know, where inventory is really low, Various mm-hmm. parts of the country, inventory is really low, and and sellers can dictate the deal. Yeah. If they say, "I'm not supplying you an RPR, you have to accept title insurance," uh, in a seller's market, buyers go, "Okay," because if they don't, they know they're not getting the property. Right. So the first thing is that that's what the contract says. If the buyer accepts title insurance in lieu of an RPR. The first thing they have to realize is that down the road, when they are a seller, they don't have an RPR. Right. And, right. and so they're now in the position of not having it. And uh, if it's now a buyer's market, <laughs> it's now a buyer's market where, you know, the buyers are calling the tune instead of the sellers. Then when they say to their buyer down the road, well, you know, I don't have an RPR. I didn't get one when I bought. And will you accept title insurance? And the buyer says, are you kidding, buddy? Come on. Yeah. I want a yeah. brand new RPR and compliance. And we're not closing unless that's what you provide. And most buyers would say that because they're in the, the, the better negotiating position. And that's what they can say. Right. The seller goes, okay, fine. Uh, he orders up the real property report. And that's fine. He can get that. The the real property report done by a professional Alberta land surveyor that very accurately on paper uh, is a drawing of the lot 
and then location of all of the improvements on the lot so you can ex exactly see where everything is in relation to everything else. So they uh, get the new RPR, they submit it to the municipality for compliance, and the municipality comes back, uh, no permits for the deck or whatever they see. There's some issue on the RPR that shows up when the compliance application is done. So the, the seller is left down the road when, at the time when he's selling, solving problems that he didn't find out about when he bought. So that's what the RPR and compliance does is it, it reveals issues and problems with the property when you buy that if you accept title insurance in lieu of and you have to get an RPR down the road, then, you know, you didn't know about it. It could be, uh, it could be uh, non-permitted things. It could be that the garage is built onto the neighbor's property or onto the city's right-of-way, which then requires encroachment agreements. So the trouble with accepting title insurance in lieu of is it covers up problems. It covers up problems. It doesn't solve mm. them. Okay. So if the, um, if the buyer who did, didn't get an RPR is, is now the seller uh, and he's looking to sell and the buyer says, no, sorry, you got to get the new RPR in compliance. He is facing uh, a whole whack of time and trouble and effort to fix the problems. Um, one of my realtors who sends me lots of stuff just went through it himself personally where he had an investment property, added a deck after he got his RPR. It took him two months to work his way through the permits, uh, adding some things that weren't quite done right, getting it reinspected, getting the RPR updated. Uh, so it was a couple of months and it took him about, I think, thousand dollars in permits and time and fix-ups mm -hmm. so no I'm there sorry. Is does, the, does the insurance cover that the the, the, the permit pressure like what does the insurance cover maybe I excellent question excellent question because what are we talking about here title insurance so mm -hmm. um when our buyer who is now a seller finds these problems he goes hey no problem i've got title insurance i remember i got title insurance so I'll just report this to the title insurance company. So the title insurance company will say, and here's the key to title insurance. Oh, that's too bad. That's a real shame. Uh, but tell us whether or not the city is forcing you. Are they forcing you to get a permit for the deck? Are they forcing you to get an encroachment agreement? Ooh, oh. Because okay. municipalities can do that. If they come along and find a problem, they can say, mm -hmm. yeah, we see the problem. By the way, you got to get it done in a month and we're coming back to inspect again. And if you don't fix it, we're going to get a court order to make you fix it. Yeah. But they rarely, rarely do that. You send them stuff, they'll comment and say, no, no permits there, encroachment here. <clears throat> and, and then they don't follow up and act force, on it. It, force anybody to do it. Mm -hmm. So the title insurance company will say, oh, sorry, unless some, someone is forcing you to fix the problem, then uh, title insurance doesn't kick in until that happens. Huh. Interesting. So, Very. so people think that 
title insurance is a substitute for a real property report and a compliance. It's the same as, it doesn't matter, you get one and you get the other and you're covered, but it is not, not, not so. They are not substitutes for each other. They are complementary to each other. Wow. So when I talk to my clients about what they should do, I say, I want, I want you to get a current RPR in compliance and I want you to get title insurance as a uh, supplementary protection for you. Because going back to your question, Wayne, what does title insurance do? Well, what it does do is it protects against unknown registrations against title. I mean, we do our diligence, we get copies of title, we get tax certificates, but very occasionally something else pops up on the title uh, that, that we don't know about and we can't discover. Sometimes government <laughs> registrations that don't have to come up, that's another complicated topic. Yeah. But uh, registrations can come up. There are fraud artists out there who will uh, uh, forge a, a transfer of land or a mortgage and either take the property away and sell it to somebody else or remortgage it when you have a lot of equity. Mm. Or there are uh, situations where people did developments in the property, didn't get permits, and this is more along the line of the uh, somebody's done a secondary suite and lordy, lordy, did not apply for one permit. Or I had one the other day, they forged the permits Seriously, forge the permits. So when my buyer is going, okay, I see you put a suite in, I need the permits. Hey, no problem. And they produced absolutely um, duplicates of what the city would send. Wow. Not kidding. Not kidding. So for unknown registrations, (laughs) for fraud, for permits, uh, where the city does come along and say, you got to fix something. That's what title insurance is good for. And because it's really only a couple of hundred bucks, one-time premium when people buy a property, I recommend everybody get title insurance along with the RPR and compliance, and that's your best protection. Mm-hmm. Phew. That's Barry. why we couldn't do this one last time. <laughs> Very. It's, Sorry. It, you know, Sorry. I, wow. You just blew some minds a couple times there. <laughs> I, I have a note here to ask you, and I had a note last time you were here. I was going to ask, because of your your podcast uh tales from the trenches which i absolutely love which was my first you know uh taste of real estate investing <laughs> yes <laughs> and I, I i loved it i always loved the crazy stories that are on your podcast and i was going to ask you to share one and then here you go you just shared like literally a you know a a, a tale from the trench that just happened that, like in the past week <laughs> where yes. forged permits. I have to ask, like, what are the repercussions for that? <laughs> uh, well, be- because it is so new, uh, my clients in uh, conversations with the city of Edmonton to try and figure out what to do about this. Wow. Because as you can imagine, if somebody is forging permits, what do you think the quality of the work is like? Oof, yeah. 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 So, so the city does have a a process for getting permits when somebody builds without getting. I mean, there is a process right. for, they call it as built, getting an as built permit. Yeah. But uh, not only is it a forged permit situation, does that make the city edgy when they come to do their inspections? Whoa. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Big time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that, that's a tale to be continued. It's, uh, it's brand new. 
Wow. We look forward to hearing more. I, well, I bet you I bet you there's some investor listening to this right now. They're like, ah, that's me. <laughs> yes. Which I hope was, not. Which was like one of my little, you know, one of my, that was something that I always really wanted. At some point, I wanted to be, you know, to be a tail. <laughs> I wanted one of my tails to be on Tails in the Trenches, which is a terrible thing to want. You never want to be that, you know, terrible. Not, they're Story, not always yeah. terrible. You never want to be the... <laughs> The crazy tale on Tales from the Trenches, but it was always. Oh, well, no, like, oh, no, that's not. That's not true, Wayne. That's not true. Uh, I I get people calling me up to talk about a situation, yeah. and then they and then they say at when we're finished the discussion, they go, "I guess I'm going to be on Tales from the Trenches, eh?" <laughs> <laughs> and there's a certain there's a certain element of pride in there. It might be misplaced, you know, because they've yeah. gotten themselves in a. <laughs> In a situation, but I don't know that people well, kind of like you, to be on tails. Well, when you've been through that much shit, you're like, oh, at least I'm going to be on tails. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get exactly. something out of it. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Oh man, that's uh, crazy. Um, well, did we have any other questions that came up, Gabby? Uh, no, I've been I've been watching here, so no questions after that. Okay. Um, then then. I had one other question, and, and I, I don't recall uh, going over this on our last. Uh, I just see a question here. Um, I, I don't recall going over this last Friday, but what are some of the big differences between a normal, a normal uh, real estate transaction? Let's say, like for a buy and hold property or for a home, compared to private one a deal where you're using like private financing or you're buying all cash. Is there Ooh. a significant difference? Timeline, uh, cost? Yeah, no, there can be. There can be a significant difference. So uh, if somebody is doing a, uh, a basic investment deal where most people start out, it's a buy and hold property. We're not doing anything creative. We're finding a great property in a great area. We're getting a 80% finance, 20% down mortgage, and we're going to look for great tenants. So... And it's with a mainline bank, TD or RBC or something like that. That is the most basic of transactions. And those ones are uh, cause the least amount of trouble. Uh, if you move over into private financing, so private financing would be someone other than a mainline bank or even some of the, you know, the B banks like equitable trust and, Resmore and you know banks like that. You're into private money. Neighbor, the the neighborhood loan company. It's a big outfit out of Vancouver. That's a a big mortgage uh, investment corporation or Calvert Home Mortgage. Mm -hmm. uh, those are private loans. Or somebody is just a person who lends out money. That's a private loan. Right. Uh, those can be uh, those can be very very difficult. So example. There's a lawyer in Calgary who's built an amazing foreclosure practice. And uh, she acts for a lot of big lenders. She's got a big foreclosure practice. But she also occasionally acts for lenders, not on foreclosing, but on lending out the money. So she sent me a trust letter. So when lawyers deal between each other and they're doing deals, they, they send documents on trust that things happen. So... She sent me a trust letter saying, okay, Barry, if you want this money for your client, here's what you got to do. There were, are you ready? 
43, 43 different things in her trust letter that were either documents or things I had to do. I think it broke down into wow. she had 23, 23 separate security documents oh and 20, 20 different things that I had to do. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and so from my perspective, I'm going, oh, no. Because if you're doing the basic buy and hold transaction where the lender is TD, the security documents are a mortgage usually and an assignment of rents. So two documents. <laughs> yeah. So I'm guessing That's it's crazy. like that for her because she's foreclosed on a thousand properties and she knows every darn thing that could ever go wrong with any property right. anywhere. And she's making sure her lenders, you know, what is completely covered, yeah. even if it only ever happened once in the last hundred years. So, yeah. uh, you know, that I, I had to get in touch with my clients and say, here's a typical letter from a lender. Here's her letter. This is going to cost like five times as much as a normal deal. Ooh. And of course, yeah. at this point, our buyer is caught. They've got to close. I don't go and I don't charge them five times as much because it's not their fault. They had no idea. They have no idea. But I, <laughs> here's what I learned out of that. That if I ever see that it's that lawyer and she's going to be on for a lender now, and of course that would be early on in the deal. I go, you know what? I don't think this is what everybody has to know about how this deal is going to go. This is how it's yeah. going to go. And we have to talk about it now before we get started because it's five times as expensive and let's talk about yeah. it before we yeah. get into it. So yeah. that kind of a private loan is as opposed to one I, I got the other day where it's just a, a private person lending money. It's not a mortgage mm -hmm. investment corp. And the lawyer sent me a note saying, hi, Barry, here's the mortgage. Get your client to sign this. Uh, make sure you get it to us a couple of days before closing. We'll give you the money. So yeah. one, one document. Easy. Yeah, that's it. So yeah. uh, that's one big difference is in what the financing documents look like and how much effort and time and cost there is to doing it. So. I mean that that was you, Barry. Obviously, you're a really, really nice guy, um, and 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 understanding and 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 considerate. Uh, but what you're saying is that in most cases, um, the more complicated the deal, typically, and the more amount of hours it goes into it, uh, or the more amount of hours that the lawyer has to spend on it, that will typically um, affect what the final lawyer fees are going to be. You know, it does in my practice. It really does, uh, and I, I really do my very best to identify early on in the deal, whether we're doing a basic deal or whether there's um, predictable wrinkles and crinkles that are going to come up that, that take way more time. And the, the trouble with wrinkles and crinkles is those are that's lawyer time. Yeah, that it's I can't just give it to my very talented paralegals and say, figure this out, because there are issues and questions that they don't know how to figure out. So I have to figure them out. So, uh, yeah, this, I mean, that kind of stuff doesn't come up very, very often, but on private deals, what people could try and figure out. So if you're a buyer and you're getting a private loan, uh, you could try and ask your lender and say, you know, what is your fee going to be? Because remember, uh, often on a private loan, uh, there is, uh, a lawyer for the lender separately 
there's a lawyer for the buyer separately and there's a lawyer for the seller. There's three lawyers involved. So the lender never pays their own legal fee, folks. They who have the gold never pay their own legal fees. So you, get, you end up in a private loan typically with two legal accounts, one from the lender's lawyer and one from your lawyer. So there's uh, uh, you know another scenario that folks just have to know that's how it is. And it's perfectly fine for people to say, okay, I understand. I need, I need to know what that lender's legal account is going to be because I have to put it into my budget. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say that's something that, you know, when you first start out borrowing private funds that people forget to add into their budget is because yeah. yeah. that can be, you know, whatever, yeah. an extra however much money. But, yeah, you are paying. And then uh, when you discharge that loan, mm-hmm. you're paying for the legal fees of that, too. Yeah. So there's so yeah. So there is definitely extra money there. Plus, yeah. uh, you know, there's the added possibility that the amount of work that the private lender lawyer makes the buyer's lawyer do. In my example, where there were forty three mm-hmm. things, that you know can drive the costs sky high. Now that doesn't come up very often. I have to say, it doesn't come up very often. There's always more security with a private loan, except in the odd case, like the other end of the example I gave. But it's every loan is doesn't have 43 things for the for the buyer's lawyer to do. That comes up rarely, but it does come up. So it's kind of another tail from the trench. That's what tails are: is oddities (laughs) that that come up. Yes. Um, Barry, how much time do we got left with you here? Do you uh, have a little bit of time left? I got a little bit of time. I normally aim at 6.30. I have no idea what time it is right now. It's 6.30. So maybe just this last question. Uh, maybe sure. you can answer it. Maybe maybe not. Maybe we need I think to. It's a, I think it's a simple question. Okay. Uh, Corey's question is, how do you change the address of your Alberta corporation? He tried to Google it a couple times, but obviously got a million answers. Hmm. Change the address of your corporation. So is that the address on title to a property that the corporation owns or is it just the registered office where, where the mail the goes where, yeah registered where the, ma- uh, address for the corporation okay where the mail goes yeah uh, i believe you change that at the corporate registry every corporation has to have a registered office and yep. the registered office information at corporate registry has the address of the corporation so I yeah. think it's at corporate registry. I, I have another answer to that because I just did it. Okay. <laughs> um, ours, uh, like all of our um, corporation stuff, does go through our lawyers at Field Law. <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> yeah, I mean, normally when they I just sent, sent an email to Lyndon yeah, Teeson over Field Law. When they sent the annual return and I saw all of our old addresses on it, um, I said, hey, can we change that? And uh, Lyndon's... Uh, Associate said, yep, I'm on it. <laughs> yeah. So that's exactly, that's, that's exactly right, Gabby. When you want to change the office address, uh, the registered office is usually your lawyer's office. And once a year, they will send you the annual return to sign. Mm-hmm. And if, you're, if, you're, if it's in your brain, you can look and go, what address do we have here on the annual return? Oh, it's yeah. my old address. And then you ask them to change it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, L- Lyndon's actually, I've been meaning to reach out to him. I wonder if, he, if he's a morning person like us, if he would come <laughs> on the show um, and talk about, uh, you know, setting up corporations. corporations yeah. You think he'd be interested? 
I think he would. Uh, you know, he Lyndon is a guy who likes to get out and, and talk about his corporate law practice. And so, I mean, he usually shows up at the office sort of 7, 38 o'clock. He walks by my office and says hi. So, you know, ask him. You guys have been working together a long time, eh? Yeah. Oh, we have. 30 years, he and I. Oh, that's a long <laughs> That's a few years. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Awesome. <laughs> I, My goodness, um, yeah. Yeah, and obviously, uh, you know, Barry's been uh, at Field Law for how long now? Before it was RMLO, and how long have you been at Field Law? Uh, two years on April the 1st of this year. So right. not very long. Really, yeah, only but- two, coming up on two years, and it's been great. Love those guys. So much legal talent. Uh, you know, yeah. basic. Uh, the, it's a big, big, big firm with three offices in three cities. But they're a welcoming collegial group, and I really like being there. Yeah, I was gonna say that you know it's only been you know a little under two years, but I I I feel like I've used just about every well every branch that I could use <laughs> in field law on on the real estate side. Um, you yeah, know. we've talked to too many people there. I think. But but I that's know. a good thing. It's a good thing that you know we don't have to you know it's yeah. not like oh oh go talk to this firm or go talk to this. No, it's like oh go talk to this person. Yeah, you in guys this have department. everything. Yeah. So it's 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 almost a very good one stop yeah. shop. So. Um, well, you know, I just, I want to say one thing on that, on that side of it. So, you know, we work a lot together, you and, you know, Gabby and Wayne and Barry work together a lot. You guys have a lot, a lot of things going on. And so I'm teaching those young lawyers at Field Law all about creative real estate, all about yeah. agreements for sale and rent to own and the things that I do. I'm, I'm getting them to watch Focus Workshop stuff. So they're going to see you guys in action oh, at cool. Focus Workshops. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so that when I talk to them about a, an, an agreement for sale, there's more than just the dry legal stuff that I can you know, teach them in yeah. the office. So I'm really trying to pass on what I've learned over all the years I've do, been doing this. Because Donna tells me, my sweetie pie Donna tells me, sooner or later, she's going to drag me away from that business and not have me. <laughs> not, in, no. not anytime soon. Not anytime soon. But. So, so that I, at least I've got people to, who are interested that I can pass it on to. So I'm pretty happy about that. And they've been fantastic to work with. um, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, 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 it's really cool. Even just, um, even just this week, uh, you introduced me to a new student and she was, she or he, I I couldn't tell if it was Stephanie or Stefan, but, (laughs) uh, but, uh, you know, learning all about it. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I mean, this is, uh, it's pretty exciting, Mm -hmm. but, um, go ahead, sir. He, he, Stefan is a he, um, he is excited. Uh, he's Stefan is the son of a guy I went to law school with. So he's followed in his dad's footsteps and Super cool. he's very, cool. very interested, uh, in the creative side. So he and I are talking lots about it. Awesome. Okay. I'm going to try and wrap her up real quick. I completely forgot Barry. Are we doing a giveaway today? Yes, we are. We are doing a giveaway. Well, thanks. I forgot about it too. Uh, I went down into the, to the field swag room. We have a swag room. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's cool. cool. <laughs> we have a swag room with, with a whole whack of different things that we like to give to our clients. And I picked out a really nice set of beer glasses that I, I'm going, I want those beer glasses. And so that <laughs> is, that's today's prize is, is a, a set of two field beer glasses and, I got them here at home and they're for giving away. So however you want to give them away, Wayne, that's what we're doing. Oh, is that first caller? Uh, or are we going to make something out of this? Um, 
No, let's just do it. Caller number three. So caller every- number. Well, okay. See, the thing is, they can see what color they are. Oh, can they? I think they can. I don't know. Let's. Can you see? <laughs> okay. Well, you have call call in disabled, right? Uh, I just opened it up. Okay, because I was going to say like disable it and then do color number one and bam, take off call disable. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh no! Oh God, uh, Barry, we need we need a skill testing question. Can you come up with a skill testing question? A skill testing question. Uh, let me think here. Let me think. We'll see if anybody's been listening. What do the letters RPR stand for? All right. Okay, we got Annette coming in. And that was the first one that called in. Ryan second, then Josh. Good morning. Hello, Annette. Good morning. Is it Real Property Report? Boom, yeah, we're a winner! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Beer mugs for Annette. Yo, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Annette. Hey, thanks. Bye. Well, congratulations. And um, uh, Barry, if anyone's interested, uh, obviously, everyone that's listening is pretty much real estate investors. Um, If they're interested in your service as uh, services at Field Law, how do they reach out to you? Best thing is email. And the email is bmcguire at fieldlaw.com. So B-M-C-G-U-I-R-E at fieldlaw, one word, dot com. And one last question, uh, focus workshop. Has, has the date been confirmed for the next focus workshop? I believe Donna told me we are May, I think it's May 8 and 9, if that's a Saturday, Sunday. Uh, that is the date. Oh, I'm so looking forward to it. Oh, my God. And, and that's a rapid cash workshop? It's going to be rapid cash, two days. Two days, Saturday and Sunday. We're likely going to be at the... Uh, clique hotel near the airport in uh, Calgary who do a very good job for us. Yeah, we're going to do it in Calgary case folks have to fly in. That's the easiest place for them to get to in Alberta. And the hotel is great for, for the wonderful way they feed us and treat us. So we like going to, to the clique hotel near the Calgary airport Mm -hmm. right around May seven, eight, nine, whatever the Saturday Sunday is there. That's when we're doing it. More more information to be provided. Yeah, we'll, awesome. we'll fill you in on more details what that is. Rapid Cash covers all of the creative strategies, all five or six of them, and I can never <clears> remember. <throat> Joint ventures, agreement for sales, rent-owns, wholesale flipping, and... Yeah. <laughs> I always forget the last one. There's okay, one in let's there. let Barry go. He okay, we'll let Barry go. Hey, and, and, and Gabby and I are going to be there, so stay tuned for that. Um, and Barry, thank you so much for, yes, for coming always. on again. Yes, yes. All right, you, so I'll just say one last thing before... Uh, before I go, which is if we're talking about closing deals, there's lots more to talk about. So if we want to do more of this, we haven't, there's just lots more to talk about. So uh, for another time, perhaps. Yes, absolutely. Um, This will not be the last. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thanks again, Barry. Have a great day and uh, we'll see you tomorrow at the cabin retreat. Okay. Thanks. Bye everybody. Okay, Okay. Bye. Awesome. Always such a good time having Barry here. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. What a good uh, guy. Um, and I still have probably 15 more questions. <laughs> Even me, like for the amount of real estate transactions I've done, um, I, I was actually just at the lawyer's office, not at Barry's office, another lawyer's office, which I'll 
it's not worth explaining. Um, and uh, and the lawyer was explaining to me, he's like, Wayne, you've probably done this a million times. Do you still need me to go through all this? I'm like, yeah, might as well. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I, I've done it a bunch of times, right? But at, there's still, you still learn things, right? You still like title insurance. I mean, I've gotten to, I've gotten title insurance a few times now, and um, I never really asked. Yeah, you know, it was just like, oh, I... you can do title insurance. I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. Like, it, it never really, it's never really questioned until it becomes a problem. And um, you know, I learned something. Today. Yeah, it's just like, oh, title insurance. Okay, that'll that'll save me. Well, that's if anything's it. wrong, but newsflash. That'll protect me <laughs> in the event that that garage that's falling over isn't permitted because they don't have an RPR and it's not on yeah. there. And then you go and you call, uh, you know, the city of Edmonton or whichever your city is and, and you ask them and they say, no, it's not permitted. That's pretty much just a, a shed that's falling over with an overhead door. And you're like, oh no, well, at least I got title insurance, but is anyone complaining? Yeah. And if no one's complaining, then it's not gonna be repaired or, or, or permitted or so. It's very interesting stuff. I, as I heard that in my head, I'm just thinking like, I would be calling the city of Edmonton and like incriminating myself as much as possible. Hey guys, <laughs> look at this, look at this garage. You should, someone better do something what about this. What an eyesore, this is dangerous. Well, this is dangerous. <laughs> uh, you know, they could fall on a, that some, that someone just what walking by. What if the meter by. guy, meter guy was in the yard? Oh man, for sure. <laughs> Um, you know, it's a hundred percent what I would be doing. Oh, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, that's fantastic. Um, can't wait to see Barry tomorrow. Barry does a really, really good two hour presentation, yeah. um, at the cabin retreat. Um, yeah. and, uh, so he's doing a presentation tomorrow and so is uh, Calvin Realty. They're going to be doing a presentation there for same thing about two hours. And they're going to be covering, um, I think tomorrow's co topic for them is going to be more on the. Uh, the flipping and wholesaling side. Um, awesome. So that's that's going to be pretty cool. About like how hopefully to... some burr stuff. Yeah, burrs. Yeah. That was the other thing I was yeah. thinking about was um you know how how to find those types of deals and how to negotiate on them and how to figure out after repaired values, which is uh, it's a pretty popular thing right now. Burrs have always been popular. You know what I love that we can tailor the topics of our guest speakers to the guests that we have coming because Absolutely. yeah, that's like so cool that cause last time Calvin Realty um, was talking about kind of like um, different property types, different and property types, cash flow. cash flow. Yeah. Uh, different areas of the city, what you're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really cool that depending on the type of people that we bring that we can, you know, tailor it to what the interests are. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and we're, that. we're working on a, a, having a mortgage broker coming out long-term as well. Yeah. Um, obviously schedule scheduling conflicts kind of, uh, messed it up for tomorrow, but, yeah. uh, we'll be, obviously we'll be talking about, oh yeah, for sure. um, mortgages and, and private lending and stuff like that. Actually, I made a note of that through, uh, through this because we were talking about, you know, private lending and closing, um, you know, on the real estate closing side with the lawyers. But I don't really think we've talked in depth about private lending very much on the show. I always, always just kind of touched on it. And I remember that I didn't understand really what private lending was and how easy it was mm -hmm. or how to do it um, for a very long time. Yeah. Until I had a conversation with another investor and they they simplified it for me. I'm like, oh, shit. You mean to tell me like I could have been doing this this whole time? Um, I, I had a coaching call with someone recently. I think they're on today. Um, and, and they were talking about ways to raise capital so that they can do flips and burrs. And I'm like, you don't need capital. Just go Our to this money. lender yeah. and, and put the rest on a credit card. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that individual was going to spend two to three years of like wholesaling and, and, and saving up money so that he could get to a point where he could flip. And I'm like, no, like, dude, you could start tomorrow. Yeah. So um, I feel like that's extremely valuable as well. I don't recommend everyone who just gets started in real estate to like in the first month become a flipper. I think you do need, there's a little bit of education that you need and Definitely. you gotta, you know, you gotta, um, you gotta put your training wheels on, but, uh, it doesn't mean within six to 12 months, you can't take those training wheels off once you're, yeah. once you're competent. So totally. we'll give you some information more on that. If that's something you guys are interested in. Um, we do have a little update and I don't want to talk about this too, too much because you know what happens? I talk about it and then things change and then I get my hopes up, ruins my weekend. But, uh, we, we got a couple offers last night on that townhouse mm-hmm. and they're looking pretty good. They were really great offers. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we, yeah, <laughs> what we decided to do, um, they both came in last night. We started having a discussion with one of them. With the first Thank one. you, Kathleen, a big woohoo. <laughs> um, what we decided to do was to let them all know that, hey, you know, we got offers. Why don't you guys send in your best offers this morning? And then at 12 o'clock today, we're going to review them and choose one. Yeah. So that's where we're at right now. So in about five hours we'll uh we'll we'll have chosen an offer um yeah it'd be really great if we can kind of unless they both are like "Eh, peace out (laughs) that's what i mean like you're like okay send us your best offers and they're like "Eh, fuck you bud and then then we completely regret it and we're like why didn't we i'm hoping that the low inventory and um the incredible product that we put out will uh yeah 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 absolutely well it's it's just an amazing it's an amazing townhouse i never had any doubts and and to be honest this past week we had so many viewings yes a ridiculous amount of showings yeah um so you know we're 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 pretty we're pretty excited about that Mm -hmm. um so hopefully you know when we do our open house next week um the rescheduled open house it will have um an accepted offer on it. Well, of course, there's still conditions and stuff. That's yeah, why I'm diligence. trying not to get my yeah. trying not to get my hopes up too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, now it's just a matter of finding our next deal. My God. Yeah, painful. It is painful. <laughs> um, um, low inventory. Yeah. Josh, sa- <laughs> Josh says um, in the chat here on the Podbean app, he says, I'm looking to do a flip for my first deal with a little monkey with his hands over his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> but Josh, you have experience in like renovations and like building houses and stuff. So like, sure, it's your first investment or like, you know what I mean? But you have you have experience in in, you know the fundamentals of actually doing the renovation. So. Shut up, Josh. Just shut up. You got this, buddy. <laughs> Just go do it. Get at Stop it. <laughs> You're such a silly goose. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I'm telling you, you got this. Yeah. And if I, if I say that you're good, then you're good. Um, uh, Corey says, welcome to our world here in Vancouver. A deal is virtually non-existent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've we, we've been extremely spoiled. I, I've had so many conversations with different investors across the country, just different networking, and they're like, "Oh, how's the market in Edmonton?" I'm like, "You know what? It's it's actually it's pretty hot. I mean, we uh, had a really crazy year, and uh, you know, I, I I you know, I talk about how I went into multiples on a deal recently, and they're like, "Oh, wow, multiples, that's cool," and they're like, "So how much? Uh, you know, I think they were." something 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 and then they said yeah we that's that's literally what we deal with every day and i'm like oh and they're like so how long how long um was it on market and i'm like oh it was about two weeks they're like what do you, 
what? Don't know. It's like ours is like the day of. Like, <laughs> so um, we've been so spoiled in our little bubble in, in Alberta where, you know, it, it has been a really great market for us. But at the same time, compared to everywhere else in Canada, yeah. sometimes I forget that Canada is literally on fire. Yeah. Um, you know, like the real estate market. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, Corey, <laughs> almost every place here will go for two hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand dollars over ask. No subjects. Oh yeah, we're That's not wild. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'll said it before and I'll say it again. You know, Alberta is where it's at for investment properties. You know, go talk to Wilson and Jess Pabin, and um, I think they're putting another uh, uh, cash flow webinar on here pretty soon for the Edmonton market. Um, probably February. I don't have the exact dates. If you guys are on here, you definitely should put the dates in there. Um, they do a really great webinar once a month, February 3rd. There it is. Bam. So that's like, uh, two weeks away. Um, you know, if you guys are interested in learning about the Edmonton real estate market and the cash flow it provides, you know, go definitely go sign up for that, um, mm -hmm. webinar. Um, yeah, it, before it's too late. <laughs> Act now because Edmonton, uh, I don't know. I think Edmonton, it has to, it should catch up, right? Yeah. With everywhere else in Canada. Oh, I don't know. And Wilson says we also do giveaways. Um, hey, and congratulations to Annette today for winning those beer glasses. Yeah, I'm kind of jealous. Yeah. I mean, like our mug and cup cupboard <laughs> is uh, kind of over overflowing. It's exploding a little bit. Yeah, well, but I would have... get I would get rid of you know a few cups, a few mugs, if I meant putting in yeah, some cold beer. Yeah, it's a coffee mug problem. I have a coffee mug problem. Yeah. Yeah. I can admit that. I love coffee mugs. I love like, I don't know. It's like, I feel like they're like part of my identity, my personality. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I got a lot of, I got a lot of uh, comments yesterday, personal um, private messages about my, my coffee um, whining yesterday. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's funny for those of you that are going to be at the cabin retreat this weekend, I'm going to bring my heated mug. He's bringing his heated mug. And what else are you bringing, Wayne? Oh, my Nespresso machine. Yeah. So, Robbie, we're bringing the Nespresso machine. Don't you worry. We're going to have <laughs> primo quality coffee this weekend. I got my Our milk mug. frother isn't working for some reason, though. So oh, if we'll anybody has a milk, milk frother. frother as well. Oh, it's going to be it's going to be one hell of a weekend. Um, our house reeks of chili right now and it's so good i went to bed with the smell of chili and i woke up with the smell of chili gabby made homemade chili for the weekend and she's making her homemade garlic bread my god that's that's enough to come as well for um <laughs> emmanuel was trying to replicate my uh my garlic buns and he's getting so frustrated i don't know why he hasn't reached out to me and asked me how i do it he's been asking wayne what does she do how does she do it don't ask to me. Make i have no idea yeah um <laughs> funny. this is this is great Corey puts in the chat here in the podbean app he says if anybody wants to ch chat shop about edmonton off of this please feel free to reach or to touch base Corey 3.0 is ready to talk shop fuck yeah that's hell what, yeah that's what i'm talking about <laughs> that is what i'm talking about awesome oh what else do i got here uh well what do you what are you up to today I mean, me oh God, I, I am just going to be packing and, um, actually we, it's going to be crazy around here because we actually have the cleaner coming in this morning mm. and, um, we need to pack and get you out the door, get the car packed and, um, yeah, you off to Alberta beach. And then, yeah, I need to finish 
yeah, getting getting ready to head out. My dad's flying in. Um, yeah. I got about uh, two more hours of emails to go through first. Um, so we're closing on a property next Wednesday. 26th. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's, that's, an, that's an RTO type deal. So I got to get possession of that property. And obviously then I got to need, need to link up that property with our tenant buyer. So I'm going to be a little busy over the next couple of days here. I'm going to try and f- figure out as much as I can today so that I can leave it until Monday. So I don't have to, because mm-hmm. like once, once I go to the, the cabin, it's like my emails are off and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not answering anything. I'm in the zone yep. for that full of weekend. Out of office. Um, so I'll be dealing with all that stuff early next week. So I want to get that all organized as well. I mean, oh, I, I, I did an Instagram story on it yesterday. Man, like I hate sitting at my desk. Yeah. I absolutely <laughs> hate sitting. And I got home from being out all day and you seemed like out of sorts. <laughs> I'm like, are you okay? That was me three <laughs> hours, four hours at my desk. And people are like, oh, wow, we're in, you know, complaining about being at your desk for four hours. Yeah. He's yeah, not a task person. I'm not a task person. Yeah. And that's not me defining myself. Like, you know, I can change. I could change. I can grow. But where do I thrive? My, my, I thrive in the creativity. Yeah. Right? You put me in a room with other, you know, creative minds or you put me in a situation um, or an atmosphere where I can be creative and I'll come up with some of the coolest business ideas and solutions you've ever heard. Um, put me in front of a list of emails that I need to respond to. Oh, God. Man, I love a good list. I should have given you my I love my a good list. list yesterday. Every day I get a fresh piece of paper out of my notebook and each I write out the the things I'm going to do that day. Each of them get a box. I draw a little box beside them and I check those mother effers off as I go and it feels so damn good. (laughs) Yesterday, I was dealing with sending an email to a new lawyer, you know, for our clients. So sending them all of our information, nice, long, professional email. I had another email in my inbox that was like, here, Wayne, here is all the revisions you asked for on your agreement for sale contract. Please review it and let us know if you have any notes. Mm. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So I need to go through this giant contract line by line to make sure everything is good. Like, yeah, that's not what I want to be doing. And then a client, you know, emails with a question and I have to think about it thoroughly and and respond to it. So like, that's what I mean. Like, that is not where I want to be. What I want to be doing is finding new clients. I want to be, you know, In improving our business model, you know, and the, the making deals the, happen, the yeah. prospect flow coming in on a regular basis. I want to be hiring people to do that stuff. Yeah, we're just not quite there yet where I can trust someone else to be able to do as good of a job as me, which is a very difficult thing. Really hard, yeah. Um, is delegating those types of things. I'm getting close, but it's such a sensitive topic that we need to ensure that like all words and 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 um, documents are. are proper you know you can't have any slip-ups so uh, until that day i'm i'm literally you know in charge of growth but at the same time in charge of um deal management which god almighty anyways that's (laughs) why i wasn't happy yesterday gabby comes in the door and wins like just a complete sorry sad sap and (laughs) she's like what happened to you and i don't know i just want to go downstairs yeah (laughs) Um, but I understand it. So that's, that's the first key thing is that, you know, yeah. if, if you're finding yourself in the same kind of thing where you're not motivated, where you're not inspired. Well, you need uh, to know where you thrive. 
Because like, you know that you don't thrive there. So you know that the solution is, is that you need to get things to a point where you can hire somebody to do that exactly, or clear the time in our other businesses so that I can do it. Mm-hmm. So you know what the problem is and where the solution lies and you just need to work to get there, mm-hmm. right? If you don't know where you thrive and where you don't thrive and you're just floating and miserable, then you have a problem because you can't work towards anything. Yeah, you're never going so to get to where you want to be. Yeah, you need to establish that and establish and say, okay, this is what I love doing. This is what I do not like doing. How can I make my life so that this is what I can do all the time and know that the other stuff is taken care of mm-hmm. that's the ultimate goal right for everybody yeah everybody's life uh i don't know if annette's here um i think i've seen annette here uh, annette just uh she she won here. the beer mugs she's here that's right sorry <laughs> i apologize <laughs> it is still early um annette, i am i just talked to you a minute ago um <laughs> uh she did a post yesterday that i can't remember if she did a post or she sent me a text about that she was reading the four hour, four hour work week And that right there is like, is a great example. And it's the four hour work week and the E-Myth Revisited. Those are two books that you need to read to understand who you are and how you operate and who you need to hire. Yeah. Or partner with. It's, you know, not necessarily hiring. Sometimes you just might need to, you might need to partner with someone so that they have the same level of, um, Mm -hmm. um, they have an equitable interest. You know what I mean? Where they're going to take it as seriously as you. Um, as opposed to just as a, you know, a $20 an hour task, right? They yeah. might not take it as seriously. So understanding who it is that you are and who you need to hire and how you need to hire them um, is extremely valuable. So I highly recommend those two books right there. That, that'll yeah. give you a better understanding. But right. uh, Oh, that's the old wrap it up from Gab. So yeah. uh, thank you so much to everybody. Thank you so much to Barry McGuire. Congratulations to Annette. Uh, everyone who's coming to the cabin retreat, we'll see you in about 10 hours yeah and uh looking forward to the weekend and we'll tell you guys all about it on monday morning yeah have a great weekend have a great weekend thanks for listening to the real estate investing morning show thank you thank you oh thank you interested in being a guest on the show send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com 